when I was looking, I don't know how long Casper had been in there, but Duke was just smelling his bum. He was being like a dog. I'm going to say it first, guys, but I think that mix and match is going to be... and welcome back to my podcast Esme's Country Life. Coming up in today's episode I'm going to be talking about Casper's little kind of I don't know how to describe it he cut basically jumped fields he escaped he went somewhere he shouldn't. Uh, I'm also going to be talking about my exciting trip to Ireland um, also my trip to World Horse Welfare and how my brother made me scream in public. Anyway, before we begin, I just want to say a huge thank you to the sponsor of the podcast, Red Post. Red Post is an equestrian and country store based in the UK, but they also ship all over the world. And guys, the time is here. The new Lemire colours are out. And if you want to get them, Red Post, they have it. If you want saddle pads, if you want jackets, if you want hat silks, be sure to head over to Redpost at redpostequestrian.co.uk. I thought I'd just talk a little bit about the new Lemure colours because I feel like everyone, there's been like a real, I mean, there's a real buzz about it every year. And I've been working with Lemure for the, well, the first spring summer collection I did was in 2019. So that this is the sixth collection for spring summer or sixth year that I've been working with Lemure, which is absolutely wild I feel like time has flown by I feel like I was little 17 year old Esme literally yesterday when they first sent me through a few saddle pads so yeah anyway um the new spring summer colors I feel like everyone was expecting them to be really bright especially as a few years ago they did some really really bright ones especially the year where they did watermelon papaya and bluebell like they were out there when this year I think they've answered a lot of prayers from people who have been asking for something a little bit more neutral a little bit more toned down especially as I think it's going to be more of like a core collection if that makes sense so um I feel like I'm gonna okay I'm gonna say it first guys but I think that mix and match is gonna be the new matchy matchy especially with the collection that they've come out with um like different tops I feel like you could pair with so many different saddle pads and I think a lot of people have gone for the same thing um with their kind of equestrian clothing where it's all very bright all the exact same color when I think with mix and match you can pair things differently also I feel like everyone looks a little less the same a little bit more individual with how you pair things around and also you know you can swap things about rewear things I think that's quite good fun actually so I'm quite excited for pairing all the different colours. Also, if you don't know what the new colours are, I'm going to describe them to you. So we have walnut, which is every kind of, every person that loves a bit of beige, loves a little bit of brown neutrals, that kind of thing. I feel like I am sort of a person where I love bright colours, but then also sometimes I do like very earthy natural tones as well so it depends how I'm feeling really to be fair, walnut is probably the most practical colour because if you're like me and always bathing very very dirty horses the mud won't show on you as well with walnut so that's great also if you have brown tack I just think that will look really smart because it's kind of like a beigey brownie kind of color um then we have J blue which is very professional um I think a lot of people are going to have that as like their competing color because it's like a lighter version of navy so it's a little bit different a little bit out there but still very professional very sleek very classic and also you could pair that with so many different things like if you have some of their previous collections that are very bright you could pair that with the j blue and it still look very nice very smart especially as i pair like navy with a lot of things anyway um and then last but not least we have fern which is probably one of my favorite colors if you are um watching this on a video platform if not don't worry if you're listening it to on audio i'll describe it to you but i'm currently wearing 
wearing one of the new quarter zips, which isn't quite fern. It's a little bit darker. I think there is a special name for it that I should probably look up, but it's like a darker fern and that's very pretty as well. Um, so I'm wearing that. And if you have been watching my cottage renovation series on my channel, you'll know that basically the whole of my downstairs is painted a very similar to color to fern actually. So I've been waiting a long time for that color of green from Lumiere. A lot of people have been, have been like asking what they look like compared to other colors. If you're into the whole Lumiere colors, knowing what's what. Um, I'd say they did actually release a sage green a few years ago, but that sage green was very like a bluey green um, when the new fern is very more of like an earthy green. So there we go. Anyway, that's enough of me talking about the colors. If you're one of those people that are into that, I hope you appreciated my little input what I think. Um, but anyway, let's get on to Casper not being where he should. So the other day, so in the office doing some editing, it was an editing sort of day. It was a bit rainy, a bit horrible. And I look outside and every now and again, you know, I look through the window, just check up on the horses, see how they are. Now, please tell me that we're not the only people that do this. So a lot of our paddocks are made up of electric fences because it means that we can move them. We can give our horses more grazing or less grazing depending on their dietary requirements because my horses, I feel like with horses, you know, you can never, they're never the right kind of shape size that you want them. They're either too skinny, they're too fat, they're too under muscled. Actually, you can never get a horse that's probably too muscled unless they're on like some sort of performance enhancing drugs which we definitely don't do <laughs> anyway um so yeah there we go um <laughs> lost my train of thought then I was just thinking Mickey being like super super buff anyway <laughs> Mickey is definitely not super buff he's he's an old boy but to be fair Duke keeps him he keeps him good anyway keeps him slim thick anyway um so I was looking outside like normally I actually Joey is the horse that normally I'm like oh my gosh where has Joey gone especially after he's had two paddock injuries so I feel like I'm a very like protective cautious mum with that child of mine anyway because he's a bit of a loose cannon so I, lo I looked outside I could actually see Joey because at the moment we've put them in some new paddocks for the winter that has quite a lot of grass in because this time of year the grass doesn't have as much sugar in so I'm like boys you have the grass you know eat up it's winter you need, you need a bit of something to keep your bellies warm when in the summer I'm like nope no grass for you too much sugar you're going to be like hyper children running around you're also going to get really chubster as well because baileys come along and weigh them and they're like girl your horses they need a diet so anyway we have electric fence so we can give them different grass sections um Mickey and Duke they get so excited when I just extend it even if it's like by like a meter or even 30 centimeters they're just like oh my gosh a few mouthfuls of glory uh, anyway so because we have electric fence it sounds horrible but all of the horses they've they've tried and tested the electric fence you know they thought oh you know I can just put my head through I can just you know get this little bit of grass the other side and they've been like oh you know what nope not doing that nope nope no thank you um so anyway sometimes we don't always put the electric fence on and in this case the electric fence battery had run out of charge but because my horses they know not to touch the electric fence because they've touched it before and it's not been very nice <laughs> um yeah 
we we went through a stage where we just didn't have it on especially as when you're leading horses in and out of the paddock sometimes it can just be quite easy just to forget to put it back on and actually to be fair i have touched the electric fence and got zapped too many times to count i think the worst was when i was cleaning out mickey and duke's water trough and i bent over giving it a good old scrub and my bum cheek touched the electric fence and when i tell you I leaped up into the air and screamed. It was the scariest jump scare of my life. At first, I didn't think it was the electric fence. I thought someone's touched my bum. Someone, like some wasp or something has got me. I don't know. It was, it was, yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But anyway, I feel like we've all been there. Um. So anyway, yeah, our electric fence was not on. Casper, even though he was in a beautiful field full of luscious green grass, loads of food, um, he decided to ditch Joey and was like, Joey, mate, I don't want to be next to you anymore. I don't want to be with you in this field. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. So what did Casper do? Even though he is 18 years young, he decided I'm gonna jump this electric fence. And you might think, oh, where did he go? He went into Mickey and Duke's paddock. Now, Mickey and Duke's paddock, in the summer, we call it the dust bowl. And in the winter, we call it the bog. So this field has barely any grass on because Mickey is very prone to laminitis. Duke is very prone to laminitis. They're just like, it's just like a no grass zone. Don't worry, we don't starve them. (laughs) They have haylage. They're on the correct diet that they need, recommended by the vets, recommended by Baileys. But those two horses... If they have like a a tiny bit of grass, it's like uh -uh, not good. So they're on a very strict diet. So I don't know why, but Casper jumped into their paddock that has no grass at all. And I know Casper, he much prefers grass to haylage or hay or anything like that. And what did he do? He just started tucking into their haylage. He was just standing in their field, tucking in. So when I looked out, you know, doing my little count up. Yep, Joey's there. He's still alive. That's all good. Got a little Mickey there. Yep, Duke there. Oh, wait a second. There's three horses in this paddock. And at first I thought Casper was Mickey. And I was like, wait a second. Mickey looks quite big here. Maybe it's like the lighting or something. But no, it was Casper. And also by the tracks that I saw of where Casper had been, he hadn't just you know, popped over to making Jukesfield. He popped over to like the pine forest bit of the back, which is currently like a bit of a no zone for the horses. It's where our kind of track is to um, our wood pile, where we also have, I feel like, I think most farms have like a, just like a corner where it's a bit of a dumping ground. Please say it's not just our place. But like, we, for example, we have some sledges there that were like childhood sledges that me and my brother would go sledging on in the winter when it actually did snow. Like we just haven't not had any snow much recently. Um, what, what else is there? There's lots of pallets. Just, you know, you never know when you need some pallets of wood. So we got some pallets of wood. Um, we have the old muck truck, which is deceased. That is a bit rusty. We have an old caravan that is more than deceased that my dad bought for one pound from his uncle, I think, or something like that. Mate, that caravan, I wouldn't be surprised if some sort of mould spores were growing in there that would end the earth like in The Last of Us. Because if you go, oh no, you don't want to go in that caravan. I don't know, that is going to sit and rot there for the rest of its life. I don't know how we're going to get that out of the field at some stage. But anyway, that's there. Um, What else do we have? 
some harrows and other bits and bobs tractory things you know so anyway that's like a no zone no go zone for the horses especially as we used to let when it used to just be mickey casper and the donkeys they would zoom around in there obviously we'd have like all the tractor bits cornered off because that's not very good or like things that they could get into and eat like that's fine but most of the pine forest woody bit that we have i say it's a pine forest it's literally not a forest it's like a little corner with some pine trees in but anyway we call it the pine forest because it sounds more fun um so anyway they would like zoom around in there and it got to the stage where the trees actually got quite big and I was so worried that Mickey bless him his eyesight isn't as good as it used to be and I was worried that he was gonna run into a tree so Mickey and Duke they have like a little they have like a hedge line not even it's not a hedge but like a line of pine forest trees so they can go under there they can actually t- tell you what it's pretty useful for hanging their hay nets or haylage nets onto one of the trees so they have like shelter they have a bit of shade but they can't go like in the full forest because if not mickey art he, bless him he would just run into a tree it wouldn't be good so um yeah casper was in there and we can tell that he was in there from all the hoof marks so he jumped out of him and joey's area into the pine forest, had a little mooch about, and then jumped into Mickey and Jake's field. And Mickey, and tell you what, Joe, uh, no, not Joey, get my horses mixed up, goodness gracious. Casper and Duke have never been in a field together. So I was a little bit like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? When I was looking, I don't know how long Casper had been in there, but Duke was just smelling his bum. He was being like a dog. He was just standing behind Casper. He was very, like, inquisitive, like, wanting to be with him. But also, it was very, like, submissive at the same time. You know, when horses kind of lick their lips and kind of yawn and that kind of thing. He was doing that, but to Casper being like, you're my daddy. And even though I kind of say that Mickey is Duke's daddy, he's like, what What would Casper be then? Older brother? Uncle? Uncle Casper. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. I don't know how my horses are related. I know they're not, re- not properly related. They're all, they're all my children and they're all brothers, but... Mickey is kind of like a father figure to little Juki. Anyway, so um, there we go. Ca- yeah, Mick- Duke was just there vibing. Especially as Casper and Duke normally don't like each other that much. Actually, Duke loves everyone. Everyone and anyone. Apart from once when Ruby came into Duke's field. Ruby, my boyfriend's Labrador. And um, Duke didn't... He was. He gave her some warnings. He pinned his ears back. And then he ran after her a little bit. But luckily, I I was like, Ruby, get here, get here now. Um, She's normally very good at recall, but she just wanted to sniff Duke's bum. And I was like, Ruby, oh my gosh, if you get kicked, I I will be, my boyfriend will not be happy. (laughs) I will not be happy. I will be crying. Anyway, so um, she is a very good girl now. She knows not to go into the horses' fields. Um, He didn't do anything. He just kind of like ran after her a little bit and she was like, oh, I don't know. You're a bit too big of a doggy for me. Especially as she's quite a big Labrador as well. Most people think she's a boy. So um, when she does meet other dogs, like she is quite normally the biggest dog. So when she met the horses, she was like, oh, you are bigger than me. Okay. Yes. No. Anyway, Casper and Duke, they have been getting on pretty well because normally Casper doesn't like Duke, especially when I lead him past. But to be fair, Casper does that with any horse that gets led past a stable. He'll pin his ears back and just be really, really grumpy and be like, dude, this is my turf. Get out. Um. So, yeah, over the field fence, though, between Duke and Casper, They've been kissing each other. They've been playing the kissing game. If you listen to the episode where I talked about the kissing game. So they've actually been getting along pretty well. So maybe Casper's just like, hey, I want to be with my new bud, Duke, and be with them. 
So poor Joey, he was just rejected. He was just out there on his own. Like, guys, what about me? I'm just here. Where are you? So uh, to be fair, I th- don't think Joey cared that much because he had all this grass and was stuffing his face full. So that is all about Joey's little jukes. Oh my gosh. Why do I keep getting my horses mixed up today? I think I'm not quite awake this morning. Um, so that is all about Casper. Casper's escape. <laughs> Before I do my little talk about my trip to Ireland, just want to ask, please, please, if you could, if you're enjoying the podcast so far, if depending on what platform you're on, because it's different to all, but if you could rate it, like it, comment on it, subscribe to it, that would mean a lot. So thank you so much. Anyway, let's get into my quick whistle top stop tour to Ireland because I went to Dublin for less than 24 hours. So... Um, I was going to say I got up at 5am. Actually, I kind of got up at 5am. I got up at 5am, but we left home at 5.30. It was more of a, my alarm went off at 5 and then I stayed in bed for 15 minutes and then quickly got ready in 15 minutes. Um, which actually was a bit of a lie compared to my trip to World Wars Welfare because I had to, I had to, we left at 5 for that. So I had to get up at 4.30, So that was, that was an early start. Anyway, my trip to... Ireland was very quick because literally went to the airport, flew over, had a little walk around, did all the, you know, Dublin things. I've realised that I've been to Dublin or Ireland five times in the last 12 months. So Team Ireland, you were definitely like my second home. Anyway, the reason why I was going over there was um, for my new book, Ellie and the Ponycat Mystery. I was doing a book signing there. Also, quite a few of you asked me if you know, I was going to be doing a YouTube video or a podcast about it. So shout out to everyone who came along to my book signing. Thank you very much for coming. Also, something that was very, very cool. Eason's have made my book number one in the children's section book of the month. So that was wild. I think it's the second or the third time, third time that it's been number one. So Thank you very much, all of you guys, for all the love and support on the book series. So many of you have asked me if I'm going to be doing a book four. And it actually, some of you didn't even ask me if I was doing a book four. It was, when is book four coming out? Because there are like four kind of main characters. I'm holding up three there, I think it's four main characters in the story. And each story so far has kind of been from a different character's like point of view telling the story. Um... So the first one was the character Summer, then it was Ellie, no, not Ellie, then it was Jessie, the third book, recent one is Ellie, and then Daniel is the other character, and I'd love to do a story about Daniel. The thing is, when I, when you're doing all three things and you get a book contract, the book contract was only for three books, and it's been really successful, so I'm trying to persuade Penguin slash Puffin, my publishers, to do a book four, so if you just, like, if you really, really want a book four, please message them. Just be like, dudes, you need to do a book four of the Starlight Stables gang. Team Island, Penguin and Puffin are very up for it. I just need to try and persuade the UK because my co-author, Joe, like we're both really excited about it. We would love to do a book four. We've already come up with a little bit of a storyline as well. So we just need to get that signed and delivered basically. So fingers crossed, hopefully it happens, but we will see. Um, but yeah, so I had a really good time in, in Dublin before, I had a little bit of time actually before, um, so I did all the Dublin-y things, we had a little walk to a cafe, had some lunch, had a little mooch about, saw Molly Malone, which if you haven't been to Dublin before, there's this statue of this lady called Molly Malone. Every time I go there, this is a little bit rude, but every time I go there, her 
lady chest. I don't know how to say this in a family-friendly way. It's just very shiny, where I assume lots of people have touched it or rubbed it, or I don't know if it's a lucky thing, but it's a little bit weird. <laughs> I find it a little bit funny. But every time I go there, the front of her, it's very shiny, very shiny. Anyway, there are some weird people in this world. I don't. I, I can. I can say I've been to Dublin five times. I have not touched her lady areas. But anyway, moving on. What other things did we do? We went and looked at Trinity College. Had a little mooch about there. Looked in some shops. Um, and then yeah, went and did my book signing where they actually have this really cool thing. In like the ba- is it the basement of Eason's where they have this kind of wall where people who are really famous or really cool that have um, been there. They've signed this kind of bits of wooden things so my dad and the lady there were going through all these different people very much from the last century and I was like I think this is a bit before my time I don't know who any of these people are so um I think the only kind of band slash people I'd heard of was Westlife I think that was it really but I was very very honoured because they had a wall of um posters where it said like the author and their name and their book and um the authors had signed it and they put my one up on there so that was really cool I was down I was on there along with Mary Berry and some other people and authors and things but one of my friends is obsessed with Mary Berry so I was like I need to tell her she'll be proud Uh, so that was really fun and yeah there was I think there was 206 of you that came along so it was a sellout crowd you guys bought the tickets straight away so if any of you guys ever want to come to any of my signings or meet and greets please get tickets as soon as possible because it you guys you guys buy them up quick so anyway although um I'm pretty sure the cost of the ticket was actually the cost of the book it was just to make sure that people had a place and everything um but yeah so that was really lovely you guys are all so nice had a little chat about the horses actually I think I told a few of you about Casper's escape escapee because that was quite funny I love always like hearing about you guys and your riding journey if you ride as well and talking about the books so yeah and then we went to this really cool restaurant in the evening actually that was new orleans inspired food so if you like barbecue american kind of stuff that was really really good and then we got a flight home and then i got back home really late and basically the whole of sunday i was shattered i was tired i was just snoozing sleeping that kind of thing also if you're ever wondering where my signings are meet and greets that kind of thing if you go to thisesme.com all of the information is on there, like the timings, where it is, if you need to get tickets or not, that sort of thing. Also, I just want to put it out there, I'm not doing many meet and greets in the UK this year because I'm doing so many ones that are abroad. So if you're part of my UK audience or if you're from abroad and want to come over to the UK to, to a show, which so many of you guys have done before, like I've had people come all the way from Australia, states in America different countries in Europe like it is wild so if you've ever come from a different country to come and see me thank you so much or just come to see me in general thank you um but yes I am actually doing a meet and greet at Red Post hopefully this summer so if you want to find out more information about that check it out on thisesme.com um but anyway let's talk a little bit about World Horse Welfare now I have done a full video on this so I don't want to do too much of a ramble and a chat a little quick summary and then I'll tell you a little few behind the scenes kind of things so um if you have heard about it that basically there's this story about the Dover 26 who were 26 horses who were found at Doverport very, very sadly, in horrible conditions. A lot of them were not fit for travel, were in a really, really 
bad state. Um, there were five pregnant mares on that lorry as well. And the people that were driving the lorry said that there were only no- 19 horses when there were actually 26. And they were all crammed in, crushed in. Um, and anyway, when officials saw how crammed in they were, they were like, this is a little bit suspicious. Um, so anyway, the person that was driving the lorry just skedaddled, left, abandoned all these horses. So World Horse Welfare have had to take in 26 of these ponies or horses that are in their care. So they need a lot, lot of help. So if you do have any funds available or any way of helping World Horse Welfare available, please check them out and check out their website if you want to find out more information. Um, or if you could share the videos or content that I've done on them to try and spread awareness, um, that would be great. So thank you very, very much because um, they really need some help at the moment. So anyway, we met the Dover 26. We met all of these ponies and very sadly, a lot of them were maybe childhood ponies especially as some of the handlers that I was talking to and a lot of the ponies that I met they just looked like normal kind of pony club ponies or ponies that you'd see at like a local show um definitely like some of them definitely looked like childhood ponies especially as the way that they were handled and things a lot of them knew how to do basic stuff such as have their um legs picked not picked out <laughs> have their legs picked up to have their hooves picked out and um knew what things like um carrots and apples and stuff like that were because that's one thing that um, I've got a friend she's got a um rehomed like rescue pony and she was saying when she first took him in like he didn't know what a carrot was which is mind-boggling and um a lot of these horses you can tell they've been through a lot like I had like a little scoop of horse um feed and this pony was so scared like it took about 15 minutes for it to come up and start eating if that was my horses that food would have been gone in a few seconds like a flash so some of the horses their trust has come back pretty quickly and you can tell that they've been handled and in their past life has been treated well by humans and some of them I don't know what they've been through but they are just yeah it's really sad seeing horses scared because whenever I go over to my horse they come running over they love the cuddles they love the scratchies like a lot of them were very head shy didn't want any cuddles or any like scratchies or pats but the really sad thing about these 26 horses is that we reckon that they were or it's estimated that they were going over to Europe to be slaughtered um but also we don't know how exactly how long of a journey that they are that they were on because a lot of them had no documentation no passports um they also believe that they were actually traveled over to Ireland to try and get some sort of Irish or European documentation and then travel back over to the UK again um and yeah, so I, it's so sad to think of what a journey these horses have been on. Um, but yeah, hopefully all of them will be looked after really well by, well, they definitely will be looked after well by World Horse Welfare. But over the next couple of months, maybe they'll, um, once they're all settled and happy and back to being used to being looked after by humans properly and they'll be looking for homes so if any of you guys are interested in rehoming a horse from world horse welfare also go and check them out as you guys know i've got little duke from world horse welfare and it's been one of the best things i've ever done i just i just can't imagine life without little dukey now although me and my dad we were there was one and we were like oh my gosh 
she is she she was the spitting image of duke i say she had definitely more of like a welshy face like it was a little bit more of like a dish shape or she had like slightly bigger eyes than duke but like her colors her markings she even had a little um marking on her nose where it was a little bit pink like duke and i was like oh my gosh it's on the same side as well it was mental so you never know I'd love to do it. I know that they probably aren't related, but imagine if that was like Duke's sister or something. So we were, we were, she was only known as Pony 22. And they were saying, well, she does need a name because she had no passport or documentation. So I was saying we should call her Duchess because she looks so much like Duke. So I would, I would love her. But at the moment, we just don't have any, any more room for any more um, World Horse Welfare ponies. But one day, one day there will be more room, more time. <laughs> but I'd, yeah, I'd love to rehome more ponies from there. Um, but yeah, if you could help World Horse Welfare in any way possible, that would be amazing. And then after we did all of our filming and all that kind of stuff, meeting the ponies, um, which actually still sticks to me. Like I still feel very emotional thinking about it, thinking about these childhood ponies that maybe sold on with good intentions, ended up in the wrong place and ended up on that truck. Anyway, we're going to move on. This is the happy podcast. If you want to find out more information, go and watch the full YouTube video where I feel like I've just kind of glossed it, glossed, not glossed over, but just done like a little whistle stop explanation without it being too intense and too emotional. Um, but on the way back, it was really nice because I actually got to see my brother who's at university. So I don't really see him as much anymore, apart from when he's on his holidays and he comes back home, which is nice. Um, so we actually, we saw him and we went, we were going to have lunch together at, or like I say lunch, it was a very late lunch. Sorry, I had a little hiccup then at a restaurant. So um, because it was quite busy, I think it was half term as well. We went in and they were like, oh, you can have a table, but it'll have to be like 15 minutes if you want to go for a walk and come back. And we're like, great, perfect. Thank you. So um, I went in a little shop, had a little mooch about. I feel like mooch about is the word of this podcast. <laughs> I said that a lot. I do just love window shopping. Like if I'm ever sad, sometimes I just need to get out and just like have a little look around. Like I find it so fun just looking at things, even like... I'm definitely on like a no spending zone at the moment. I'm trying to save up for bits and bobs for the cottage. But anyway, um, I was just having a little walk around and I saw in the corner of my eye this person walking really quickly, but I hadn't clocked at this point that it was my brother. So I was like, oh, I'm going to quickly get out of the way. So, you know, you just like, I just walked a little bit closer to um, the like shelves of plant pots or whatever that I was looking at. And then, boom, my brother... You know when you someone gets their two fingers and they like prod you in your stomach? We do that to each other sometimes because I am so ticklish and that is like my ticklish area. So anyway, he got me there. I screamed and levitated. I don't know what it is. When I when you know when people say, Oh yeah, that made me jump, I do literally jump. I levitate. Anyway. <laughs> and my brother was like, Oh my gosh, it has calmed down, it's only me. I was freaked because I, I didn't realise it was my brother. I did see that there was someone coming up behind me, but I was like, oh, I'll move out their way. They're obviously in a rush. I don't know. Maybe they're running to the toilet and they're having a bad time. <laughs> you never know when someone's on the move. Um, I was like, I want to get out their way. And then it was my brother. So there we go. We had a nice old lunch, had a good old catch up, had a little walk around and then we went home. So that is what I've got up to in the last week. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Casper's little... Um, adventure my trip to ireland and also my brother making me scream in public there's got to be one embarrassing thing it isn't esme's country life but that one thing being a little bit embarrassing going a little bit wrong um but anyway so there we go i just want to say a huge thank you again to red post for sponsoring the podcast 
go and check out the new spring summer bits and bobs from them at redpostquestion.co.uk but anyway thank you so much for listening and i will see you all next week bye